Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stat guy Greg and Dip, every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. friends and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other oh yes my friends it is our major championship final preview here on fairway rolling the golf podcast on the ringer podcast network i am your starter my birdie buddies it is a three ball because we have our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, our accomplice, Nathan Hubbard, there in Pittsford, New York. But he was kind enough to grab his brother, Mark Hubbard, who has been traveling the, the, the fine terrain at Oak Hill under his own two feet inside the ropes. Mark Hubbard on tonight's show to help us all understand, break down what to anticipate this week at the PGA Championship, let's get some pegs in the ground and get going. 
Mark's got to get ready for a major championship, my Eagle enthusiasts. All right, birdie buddies, you know how we get down here on fairway rolling. When it is major championship eve, we try and give you the up-to-the-minute update on how the place seems to be playing, what the weather might consist of, how to plan out your, your next couple of days and on into the weekend. And we always have some boots on the ground. My Eagle enthusiasts, we're taking it up a level here on Fairway Rolling. Of course, Nate Dog is up in Pittsburgh, New York, outside of Rochester, New York. But how about a guy who actually had the green grass under his feet inside the ropes by birdie buddies? That's right. It's Homeless Hubs himself. Mark Hubbard, welcome to the final preview show. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I know. It's been too long. I, I love seeing you. Um, I will say that I don't love seeing you with the haircut. Um, I loved your luscious locks, and they're they're all gone. But maybe for the powers of good? Yeah, I. that's uh, definitely my winter flow. I was very sad to see them go as well. As soon as she took the first snip with the, the shear, I immediately regretted my decision. But I was... Uh, committed at that point and uh, it worked out because I made a hole in one the next day. So it was clearly meant to be. This was at, at Quail Hollow, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. After after the uh, Mexico tournament and then uh, Charlotte, it was getting pretty hot and sweaty and I needed needed a change. I mean, it's just another day in the life of a professional golfer. Well, we are in the middle of your you know, evening preparation. You have been very kind to let us interrupt um dinner time with the kiddos and you getting your own self into the correct major championship headspace um let me ask about that uh how is what's your usual uh the night before a major or is there a usual no there's not a usual this is really only my third one ever uh, and it sort of feels like my first since the first two were during the covid uh kind of era where we had no fans and not a lot of energy and just it didn't really feel like any different. Um, this feels different. It's it's a big golf course, a uh, ton of energy. I mean, there's I played nine holes with Ricky today. There's probably, I don't know, 20 times as many people following our Praxtron group as there will be following my group tomorrow. So, um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. But, you know, I don't I don't think it changes a whole lot from tournament to tournament. We want to play well every week. You know, Quail Hollow last uh, my last tournament was you know just as tough of a course as this one. So, well, that that's telling, right, Nate? Dog. Yeah. Can you feel the difference in the energy between the designated events that you've played and this? Is it is it like noticeably different in terms of is it just fan energy? Is it the size of the crowds? Is it the course? What feels different between what they've tried to create and what this is? Yeah, I mean it's it's everything. It definitely starts with that energy as soon as you get on property with the fans and just bigger grandstands and you know everything just feels bigger. And there's always been a couple of tournaments like that. You know, I know we've talked in the past about farmers. That's kind of the first one of the year that you get to, and you're like, whoa, this is the PGA Tour. Um, but yeah, I mean it's everything. It's the energy. Uh, it's the condition of the course. Just you know everything's just a little bit more manicured. Um, it just, it just feels like what you dream of, uh, when you're a little kid being on the PJ tour. So you just made, um, an interesting observation 
you compared, you know, the ballpark at Quail Hollow to, to this ballpark, um, just in terms of, of, of the scale, there's a similarity, but, um, give us a, a feel like in, inside the ropes, um, because the, the weather up there right now, it's, it's kind of on, on the cool side, right? Like how is, how's the turf feel under your feet? Fucking, how's the rough? Cold like, how's is what it, it is. It's, it's fucking cold. cold. It's fucking, Nate Dog says it's fucking cold, Mark. Yeah, I, I slept until 10 a.m. today and uh, didn't get on the course till like noon because I was not dealing with anything below 40. So uh, I was not about that life. But um, yeah, I mean, qu- quail as it is just as a course, I mean, it's always tournament ready. It's just that hard of a golf course. And this one is, too, um, from what I hear from from members and people who have played it before. Um yeah, it's just, I mean, you step on property and it's just ready to go. I don't feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of times a place like this, they actually have to, you know, kind of tone it down for us because they need four pin locations uh, and they know it's going to be a little firmer and, and faster. So they kind of have to, you know, maybe I'd heard horror stories about how fast these greens are. And, and I think they couldn't really have a tournament here if they got them as fast as they wanted because they wouldn't have pin locations. There's so much slope on the greens that, yeah, you wouldn't be able to play four days, especially with some of the wind we've had. But you played Wingfoot, and you came out of there feeling like some of it was a little bit circus, and that the 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 green complexes in particular felt a little unfair. Coming in this week, the rap was, you're going to have to be long off the tee. It's not quite as punishing as a U.S. Open necessarily, but it's pretty tough for a PGA, but that the long par four green complexes were actually not circus greens, that they were a little more manageable. You know, some of the shorter ones are, have, have more slope. As you get on the course now, A, is the driver and distance as important as everybody said, or are the fairways running out a little bit more than people thought? And B, what is the, the vibe on the green complexes? Yeah, I mean, obviously, distance is always a benefit no matter where you go. But having played, you know, the past couple of days, I was surprised there really aren't uh, that many kind of forced carries um, or, you know, bunkers you can take. If, you know, I heard a lot of stuff like, oh, you better be able to fly at 320. And I haven't really noticed that at all. There's maybe one or two holes, but, you know, a lot of the bunkers that I can carry, I mean, everybody can carry. So, the fairways are really fast, especially if you're in the down grain part. Um, I mean, it's rolling out 30, 40, 50 yards on some holes. Um, and depending on the wind direction, I mean, 10, for example, today, I couldn't really carry the left bunker, but yesterday I was hitting three wood over it, trying to stay short of the water through at like 345. So I really don't think distance is any bigger of a factor than it is normally, and definitely not as much as I think people had thought it was going to be just because those fairways are so firm and fast. Um, with the rough the way it is and the green complexes the way they are, I really think it's a lot more beneficial to be in the fairway than to be super long. Um, and, you know, if you are hitting the fairways, like I said, it's it's going to roll 30, 40, 50 yards. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't really noticed much as far as the circus greens. There's a lot of slope, but I think they're pretty manageable there's you know it seems like every hole there's one maybe two spots where you just put a big x in your book and the rest of it it's kind of like yeah i can get this up and down so it's just kind of identifying those spots where i felt like a lot of places at at uh wing foot was kind of just like i don't know where to hit this and it doesn't really matter because it's going to be hard no matter what in terms of scoring opportunities and you know what you've exam uh experienced over the last couple days 
is it going to be the kind of uh, situation where par is a good score through the majority of holes, or will there be some opportunities for birdies based on you know some of these pins? Yeah, I mean, I think the pin locations are going to have a lot to do with it because there's a lot of you know kind of front pins and bowls that you can kind of use backstops. Um, but overall, as you know, the whole course, there really aren't a ton of opportunities. Um, you got the two par fives and a couple of short par fours. But other than that, I mean, you're just gonna have to hit good golf shots. I, in my head right now, I mean, I could see it getting into double digits, but you know, depending on the way the wind goes, like I wouldn't be surprised if eight's in the conversation. So that's kind of in my mind. If I can go two a day, I know I'm going to be somewhere near there. I don't know if that's going to be the winning score, but I know it's going to put me in a spot where I have a chance. Maybe um, it's tough. Yesterday it was so windy. It was out of the southwest, and then today it was east northeast. I think that's going to be one of the biggest factors. Just kind of different wind every day, and the course played so drastically different. Um, but with the cold and the wind the last two days, I can't imagine it's going to play any harder than it did in our practice. So. I could see it getting to, you know, low double digits, but I don't know. All right. So last question, then we're going to let you go deal with your babies and eat some dinner. Um, it sounds like 13 and 14 are potentially pivotal holes because you've got the par five that they could set up to be longer to force the carry or keep short. And then 14 is potentially drivable. And then 16, 17, and 18 are hard, long assholes. Does that feel like where the tournament is won or are there some sneaky other holes on the course that you think might dictate the outcome this week? Yeah, I mean, both both finishing stretches on both nines are super tough. Um, six, seven, and nine are, are really tough golf holes. Um, and then, yeah, 16, 17, 18... I'd really like a four-shot lead if I was going to try and win this tournament because 17 and 18 are just brutal. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's accurate, especially if they move the tee up on 13 at all where you can possibly cover that you know creek and then and get there in two. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm probably going to hit driver every day on 14. Um, that fairway is so sloped and, and the green is so tough to get to. Like I hit in that front bunker today and that seemed like an awesome position to be. So... Um, I think I think those are two scoring opportunities back to back, which is very rare on this course. So it, it it will be interesting, you know, guys making moves there and then trying to hold on on the last three. Is there any? Some guys came off the course and said that it feels like a, 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 a that short and on a lot of these shots is better. Did it feel that way to you? Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of a single hole where I would say long is better. Um, maybe 10 to the back pins just because it kind of weirdly slopes away from the middle. But yeah, every, every hole shorts better. Um, bunkers are tough. They've got a lot of really tall lips. Um, so, you know, anywhere, especially all the holes that you can run it up anywhere, just short in the fairway, even if you're 30 yards short is better than just longer in some of those bunkers. Well, that, that suggests then that around the green and especially like strokes gained around the green is going to be of, of paramount importance because we've kind of established that strokes gained off, off the tee isn't going to be necessarily as vital because the distance component has been somewhat um, neutralized. The reputation isn't holding up because it's, it's firm and fast. And, you know, part of that is uh, a, a, an aspect of, of, the weather, do you agree? Like, you know, being able to save par, or put yourself in position for a birdie from off the green, um, 
yeah, obviously approach is always paramount, but you agree around the green is going to be paramount? Yeah, absolutely. Around the green. But I, I mean, I think, and I don't know, I'm not a big stats guy. I don't know how the shots gained all works because to me, like approach is, is going to be the most important thing for me trying to leave it in the best spots. Like if you're out of position off the tee, just trying to leave it somewhere because if you leave it in the right spots, actually the up and downs are quite easy. And if you leave it in the wrong spots, they're basically impossible. So there's not a lot of in between. Um, so, I mean, that strokes around the green will be important, but it's it's more about where you're missing. You are scheduled to go off uh, 9, 12 a.m. Thursday morning. Now, there are frigid temperatures in the forecast overnight. So it seems like there might be a little frost delay. And you're as you prepare for that, as you get your head on, straight tonight and think about tomorrow morning and maybe not going off at, at your appointed time. Uh, is that just like, I hate to, I was going to say par for the course. It's so goddamn bad. Is that something that you deal with enough, uh, you know, the variability and lack of, of being able to predict always that you can roll with it or, you know, how, how are you getting your head on straight for that? Yeah, no, I was, I mean, I was a little annoyed, to be honest, with my uh, late tea time on Friday, the 237 twilight rate that I got um, was was a little frustrating since, you know, I feel like I played well and I actually qualified for this tournament rather than being one of the stragglers that got in to fill the field. Listen to him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, but that being said, I'm super pumped for my 912 tomorrow because it really is the worst thing when you're first or second off, which is sort of my category uh, for the regular season um, with the delays and stuff. Cause you're at, you know, you're up at four 30, you're doing your regular schedule. And then, you know, if there's delays, you're just sitting at the course. Whereas tomorrow I'll get to not a lot's going to change for me. I get to sleep in a little bit and, and see how the, the all the delays play out. Beautiful. Well, Mark Hubbard, we're wishing you the very best of luck. Thank you for breaking your routine and giving, us idiots here, fairway roll, and a little bit of a breakdown. The birdie buddies across America certainly appreciate it and are are, are rooting for you. We Everybody that we hear from is is on the side of homeless hubs. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more like par pals this week uh, than birdie buddies. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thanks, Mark. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this episode is brought to you by evernorth health services costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care 
And Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, Nate Dog. please go give Mark a big hug from me to thank him very much. But um, that's a little bit of a different kind of take on the golf course and how it might play than what we walked through with our good buddy, Justin Ray. So over these these 48 hours since we taped the, the preview show, some things about this venue have revealed it themselves. And we've heard from a lot of different players about different aspects of this. I think to me, the um biggest sort of su- surprise is the idea that the fairways are somewhat accessible they're not they're not super crazy narrow um right. and if you can get in the fairway the ball s- stays in the fairway and rolls and you get you know tr- tremendous rollout right yeah i mean i think the takeaway is that the distinguishing characteristic of the PGA championship at this point is the course setup is the best of the four majors that's not taking anything away from Augusta. It's the same setup generally every year. Augusta's the best, but but the, the the PGA Championship is the one that seems to to gravitate to courses where they can do a lot and where it actually brings in the field instead of letting in twenty five PGA Tour teaching professionals and making it completely unthinkable that one of them could top twenty or top thirty. What we're hearing is that this is a tournament where if you're playing really good golf uh, at a super high level, you have a chance to compete. And that's different than winged foot, which was the course we compared this to all week and that a lot of people have compared it to, where by this time at winged foot, there were probably only 10 guys who had an even remote chance of winning the tournament. And I think everybody's going to bed tonight. I mean, not everybody has a chance to win the tournament, but I think skill sets of all type that are going to play their best golf and are going to get up and down around the greens, are going to hit fairways and be accurate with the approach, they're going to have a chance to win as opposed to getting blown off the course by the big boys. I'm not sure it changes my feelings, and I'm interested in how you approach this. I mean, for me, I still feel like this is a tournament because of the way they set it up and because of the factors that we just talked about that favors first-time winners and that we have a number of guys who have been knocking on the major championship door 
who fit the profile. We talked about it with Jay Ray. Cam Young is a delicious pick this week. He's come in with no beard, which has thrown me for a loop. He has reminded me that his dad is a PGA teaching pro, just like JT's dad. And we all know he's from New York State. This is not close to New York City, but it's New York State, and he's comfortable. As he said today multiple, multiple times, this feels familiar. This feels familiar. And so somebody like a Cam Young, you know, we've talked a lot about Xander, and I think we haven't loved the way that he's always necessarily grabbed tournaments that are big ones by the neck outside of the Olympics. But um, Xander's the kind of guy who could be primed for a finish here. Did you see anything from... Uh, any of the other players this week? I mean, I, I certainly saw a few of the press conferences and saw some guys out on the course that changed a little of my thinking. Anybody who talked you into or out of them this week, House? Now that we've had a little bit of time to deliberate and, and you know, what, what I've seen in terms of press conferences, first of all, um, probably going to allocate a tiny bit more to Tony Finau mm-hmm. um, just because of, of uh, how enthusiastic he was about how this place fit his eye yeah. and how he was getting um you know the ball into the fairway and watching the ball go and then you know he he said in in, in these some of these par fours he has five iron and six iron and most of the time um those are when he's on in regular tour events reserved for par fives um but so it's a unique experience to have to hit you know mid irons on on par fours but he just was uh, so centered and and calm in 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 his press conference. So I love his disposition yeah. and demeanor. I the also, evolution of Tony Finau is one of my favorite stories of the PGA Tour uh, of so, the last couple of years. You know, no no reason to 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 back off of our own enthusiasm for him and and the way we might allocate capital if we want to stay in that lane of first time winners. I also am gonna you know I I have some. Uh, amounts uh, attributed to Sung JM. I'm going to go ahead and put some more on, on Sung Jay. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Xander. I we we talked about him Monday. I already have exposure to him. I'm wondering Do you worry about, about him flying back from Korea. Sung Jay. Yeah. I mean, he no, played he, there he, last he, week instead of on tour. He's a marathon man. Yeah. No, he's a marathon. He's, a, he's a maniac. I don't think it does. Not not for him. Okay. Um, and then. I, I the the one that I have a question mark that like checks a lot of boxes, um, especially the accuracy off the tee, the length off the tee, is Cantlay, and mm-hmm. is this the 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 one where we we finally see him, you know, around the leaderboard and then jump up into the top five, the top ten, and then be there Sunday? Uh, we just haven't seen it from him career wise. Is this the one? Uh, I think I think you're gonna regret. Uh, if he wins with Joe Lakava on the bag and you don't have a little bit allocated there because the only the thing that has been missing from Cantley is not the game, right? It's been the focus. It's been something in that moment that has pissed you off <laughs> to no end. It really and, has. And, and you've got a guy who's, you know, catting for Nelly and catting for Tiger and just understands what it takes to win. I mean, it's just it's it's not any different, I think, than Bones in some way. I think dragging JT to the win here a year ago when JT was basically on the microphone before he hooked up with Bones, just saying getting the second one is frankly harder than getting the first one. You you know who else I really liked um in terms of his presentation, his comfort, and he was candid about 
um, his previous major this year. And I, I know, I know what you're going to say, and and this is on my list of things to talk about. Just say it because you're so right. It's Max. Yeah, yeah, hundred I mean, percent. He he, and and I I loved how candid he was about arriving at um, Augusta being out of sorts with his swing and, 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 he and knew fighting it. it. You and I saw him. We saw it. We actually called out to him on that Wednesday. Yeah. And he was in the dumps. Quite yeah. frankly, he was a dick. <laughs> and you and, can say it. And now we understand why. Because yeah. we watch him. I told you, I turned to you, I said he just hit two balls. He is as pissy and his body language is terrible. And what he said that I thought was so insightful in his press conference this week was he knew it was just a matter of survival. And he called it like it was. And he said, this week I'm coming in with my game feeling good. And, and what we've said all along about Max is, let's say he finished T13 in the PGA before. So it's not that he's never performed well in majors, but he knows, and we all know, that the next step in a guy who's won six times on tour is you got to play well in a major. You got to put yourself in contention. And that has been for one of the most lovably, mentally fragile, historically, guys on tour. I thought that you know, that's been his sort of white whale. I thought the way he handled that press conference was a reflection in the ongoing evolution of him mentally to a point where he can stand up on the microphone and say, I just didn't have it that week and I knew it and I'm not worried about it because I'm good enough. My best is good enough to win out here. Yeah. And that's something I didn't believe before. Some weeks I'm going to have it. Some weeks I'm not. Coming into the Masters, I knew I didn't have it. And that sucks because I love Augusta. Uh, and it was just about survival. But he told us unequivocally on that mic, this week I feel like I have it. Get some Homa into your portfolio, birdie buddies. Uh, another guy that we talked about with Justin Ray, and he kind of called our attention to um, you know the, 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 the quality string of, of this guy. But I like the way he talked this week was, was Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah. Um, I, I think Tyrrell might be ready. He's sending us some messages, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, only guy in the top 25 in shots gained off the tee and putting and maybe on approach is Rom and Hatton. Uh, that was a J-Ray stat that he tweeted out today. Uh, yeah, I, I look, I still think that Tyrrell is his own worst enemy and gets in the way. And, and you know, as we said earlier in the week, it was charming to see him on the on, on the telecasts talking about how his bogey-free round, maybe he shouldn't have been so hard on himself. I'm not sure he's done a complete mental turn, but he is uh, playing, you know, he's one of the 15 guys who can win the tournament this week, I think, at the end of the day, uh, who we would think has a real chance unless you get another Sean McKeel thing, which, by the way, fascinating article tonight uh, that came out about Sean McKeel and his mental journey after that victory and oh. how being sort of unable to replicate that success was just a grind on him and the things that he went through in his personal life. So really encourage everybody. I think that's uh, uh, actually up on the uh, on the PGA Championship website. A, a great, great read on just how you'd think that winning solves everything. And the truth is, uh, as we're reminded again and again, it isn't. Speaking of, of McKeel, you know, we talked about the master's dinner house as the food master in this group. We talked about the master's champion's dinner as being a big moment. And there really was no drama coming out of it. And I think that was a nice moment of harmony that a lot of the players this week got asked about. And of course, they're all dodging the question now. Rory is going to just not talk anything about this live PJ thing. He's just decided he's going to go in the other direction. And you and I support it because it's he's earned that right. That's right. But the, but the PGA Championship uh, dinner 
champion's dinner last night is the first time that Rory and Phil have been in the same room together because Rory's not a Masters champion. So Great point. I heard no drama coming out of it. I mean, the biggest drama was the menu was all over the place. I mean, they had six different entrees you could choose from. It didn't seem like it was put together in quite the way we would have liked. I mean, JT... I, I, I want a little more focus and depth on that menu. I don't know if you got a chance to sort of peruse it, but there was pork chop, there was steak, there was it, it was really something for everybody yeah. instead of a, a, a uh, deep focus the way we see at the Masters. As you know, when you try to please everybody, you please nobody, Nate Dog. That Gosh, is not the way to instruct it. a menu, and you don't have to accommodate what you imagine to be all of these divergent, all the guys and their routines and everything. Who cares what Y.E. Yang Make wants? Make the best two or three or five things and serve it, and that's the dinner. That's yeah. it. And that's yeah. why the Masters does it so well and does it right. Um, here's what I want to ask you. Have you seen anything in these last 48 hours that changes your mind about anybody? Is there anybody that you feel like yeah. is a cross-off? Yeah. I'm crossing off J-Day. He did not play a practice hole this week. And I don't understand it. And he tried to justify it as he's done it before in big tournaments. I think it was probably him staying out of the cold, given his injury history and uh, trying to just recuperate from a big win last week. But I don't think J Day is going to be as competitive this week. I think um, very big mental hurdle to get over last week. Uh, huge accomplishment for him. And the more that you sort of dive into the story of his mother and everything, you understand how that took uh, a lot out of him. But I, I'm I'm less uh, I, I'm 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 less high on JD than I was coming in. I didn't love what I heard from JT. I really didn't. I, I I think he is still looking for something. And now he was last year when he came into this tournament. But it's he true. had some magic on Sunday that I think turned the tide. I just didn't hear what I wanted to hear from JT. You know, you want to hear something like what you heard from Rom, which is he just seems to feel no pressure anymore. He has moved yeah. into the upper echelon. The psychological part of the game is no longer an issue for him. It's just whether he's swinging well that week. And if he is, he believes coming in, he can win. And uh, I think being the first European to win the U.S. Open and the Masters is a transformational moment for this guy. He is now the scariest guy in the field. Um, you know, seconded only to Scotty Scheffler, who, if you really watched him talk this week, he is like DJ light. He's like, um, God fearing DJ. Well, <laughs> you know, like he, he doesn't say anything I of substance. A, I mean, talk yeah. to me about how you feel about Scotty. Well, I have a confession to make. I bet on him to win this golf tournament. Okay. <laughs> and I, and I, I did it on Monday. You know, I, I certainly agree with the sentiments that that um, you know we shared and that Justin Ray shared and and the prevailing wisdom of trying to nail down which of the first timers who's been around the hoop who's going to do it, but uh, I mean Rahm and, and Scheffler are in such a different place than the rest of everybody else. Yeah. I feel like you can't show up to a major and not have one of those two guys. They're in so happy we had personal Rom. situations. Yeah. Right. They're in happy yeah. family situations. Exactly. They are in happy game situations. And both of them have some of, you know, two of the oddest swings on tour if you just put it up against what normal good swinging guy sort of looks like. But they're also two of the most consistent guys who seem to have figured out the game mentally in different ways. Right. Like Scotty, Scotty gets in front of a microphone and says literally nothing absolutely nothing. They ask him an opinion and he says, yeah, I don't know. He he answers no question. And I don't think it's because he's got nothing going on in his head. I think it's because 
it, it's it's a deliberate way that he deflects and has decided that he can be best at the game. Rom is the opposite. Rom tells you exactly what he thinks. And in depth and with meaning, he was the only one who actually took on the live versus PGA question that every one of the players got asked. Um, and yet, you know, he just is in a moment now psychologically where I think he is superior to every single other golfer out here because of the high that he's been on here since the Masters. Yeah, at some point we will sit down and do um, a comparison between the way the Europeans seem to approach the press um, situation and the way that the Americans do it. And we'll, we'll have a nice compare and contrast and yeah. try and get to the bottom of the psyche uh, of, the, of the athletes. But for our purposes tonight, Nate Dog, parting shots. You're, you're on the ground. It's going to be cold. Uh, we're, we, we love where Mark Hubbard's head and in, in, in game are at right now. And that was, there was a couple of, of interesting revelations um, in, in his, uh, generous time with us, give me your, your party shot. Uh, I, I, I still stand by first time winner, but I, I think Brooks Kepk is on a mission. I think he's pissed okay. about the second place at the masters. I think he's figured it out psychologically, uh, or physically, excuse me. And, you know, as an expecting dad and everything we heard him talk about the choke at the masters, like he's being honest with us. And yeah. that's a telltale sign that he's comfortable mentally because he's not trying to hide anything. So uh, um, I, I expect that the live guys are going to play a serious factor this week. If you've got Brooks, you've got DJ coming off a win and Cam Smith coming off a 61 on Sunday. Yeah. I think we're going to get our live versus PGA Tour storylines again this week. Well, this is the way that we're going to end our second major preview of the season, which is with, with Brooks Kepka, the same way that we ended our, our first major preview of the season. The, the the masters nate dog thank you and thanks to mark hubbard boots on the ground we'll be in touch over the course of the weekend we have our recap coming up sunday go take care of those kids nate dog i'm on it baby thanks buddy all right my par saving pals and i mean it par saving is going to be the order of the day here at oak hill thanks so much to mark hubbard thanks of course to nathan hubbard thanks to our producer eduardo Ocampo. We are ready to rock. Tease in the ground. First thing tomorrow morning, Thursday, it's balls in the air. Nate Dogg and I will be in touch. You can see us on the Twitters talking about the interesting developments of the weekend. And then uh, we have our recap lined up right here. Fairway roll on Sunday night. And, and it will be on the FanDuel TV as well. If you want to watch the recap uh, Monday morning, you're more than welcome to. We really encourage it. Please, it's a great weekend all across the country. Throw a peg in the ground and let's all hit them straight out there together. 